Hi, I'm Zoe. And I'm Esme. And, and we're too much. much. Ooh, good enough to get back to. Bad enough to bail again. Been too much that you can't chew. But you're gonna tell your friends. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. I, I'm too much. <laughs> you're too much. So today we're going to talk about social media etiquette, Instagram etiquette. We're going to break down what everything means. If he likes your story, he's in love with you. He wants to fuck you. <laughs> he's begging. Um, if he's ignored you for weeks on end, but then suddenly likes your Instagram. It means he's figured things out he's, and he wants to marry he you. He apologizes. He apologizes. He is so sorry. He's and he's sorry. actually actively going to propose in the he's next 24 hours. going to propose. Get excited. <laughs> That's what it means always. But before we start, updates on our lives. Yes. I know you guys have been dying. <laughs> you guys have been dying to know what we've been up to. <laughs> I'm back in therapy. Yes! <laughs> you always know what girl's doing well in life when she's, when she's back, back in, in therapy. therapy. So I'm back in therapy, and I'm with a new therapist. And my little history of my relationship with therapy um i went to therapy for the first time when i was 15 and then i stayed with the same therapist for six years wow which is kind of crazy um but i stopped therapy last spring i was like you know what this is expensive yeah i'm not really getting that much out of this whatever then had a horrific summer (laughs) (laughs) full mental breakdown and was like perhaps i need to go back Um, But I'm going back and I'm trying a different approach. Like, I've always done CBT, but this is, like, a psychodynamic approach, which is, like, you know, more of a look at emotional, like, the root of emotional suffering. Like, that's kind of, like, the definition. And it looks more at, like, your dynamics with your relationship and then uses your dynamic with your therapist to examine those relationships. And I was really in a place of, like, I feel like, CBT really focuses on the present and your thought patterns. And that's cognitive behavioral therapy, like what you see on, like, TV as normal therapy if you've never had CBT or don't know what it is. Exactly. And and I think it's probably the most common, like, most people, if you've gone to therapy, that's probably the style you've done. And and it's useful because it is, like, it gives you active tools for right now in your life how you could change things by, like, examining your thought process and how to like what actions come from those thoughts and like trying to repattern those um but it it is very individual focused and i feel like at this point in my life i was kind of interested in doing a therapy that really examines my relationships yeah and how other people impact me and how i relate to other people and how i communicate with other people and so that's like you know new to me to like do therapy that's focused on that like even like I just had therapy right before we did this we're doing this recording and we were like kind of talking about my family dynamic and things and talking about how I communicate with like when I'm when I'm in uh, when I'm in uh like when I'm doing badly how I communicate with others and it was so interesting how like even in this one session like I've literally seen her twice yeah I like I'm already learning things that I didn't know like because I was like talking about my relationship with my best friend Rebecca and how like one of the struggles is like whenever I'm doing badly I kind of 
we we haven't figured out a system for her to help me like no matter what she can't console me because yeah, i'll yeah. just push everything away or uh like i i just won't be responsive mm -hmm. and then it's like exhausting for her because it's just like she'll try and try all these things and i'm still like pushing everything away and it's you know it's hard to see someone who's like suffering and no matter what you can't really do anything and then it's just like this whole pattern um and it's like uh and then i was also talking about how like i'm such a big feeler so i'll like freak out about something for like days on end mm -hmm. and then the next day i'll be like well i don't actually care about that anymore yeah but then it's weird for someone who's trying to help me because they'll be like wow she really cares about this and then suddenly she doesn't care and it was like nothing happened because i'm such like a big up and down person mm -hmm. and it's like and my therapist was just like oh is that confusing for you to have such big shifts in your emotions and i'm like it isn't for me because it's just how i've always lived yeah but it's confusing once i have to communicate those shifts yeah because i don't know how mm -hmm. and she was just like already relating it to things in my childhood of like never having my feelings validated so now i don't know how to communicate emotion i don't know it was yeah. very interesting and I really recommend... I was talking about attachment theory with a friend about th this. And that reminds me of, like, they were just like, what do you mean, like, someone... Like, they were, like, secure. And um, she was just like, I just don't understand what it means that you can, like, um, be, like, an anxious avoidant or something and then have a secure person. And how, like, could... How could for, like, four years or a lifetime they always validate you? And I was thinking about it in the way of... Like, even what you're saying in attachment, like, it's it's not about really, um, like, you're, well, it's different, like, thinking about communication styles versus, like, the way you're attaching, because I was describing it, it was like, oh, yeah, those first three months, six months that are hell in the beginning of a relationship with someone with an attachment disorder, it's because your attachment disorder is only really activated until you are fully attached like once your needs are validated and once it once becomes, you become secure one yeah. yeah once it's like confirmed that it's safe for you then yeah you're it's safe but it's interesting that um i don't know there are exceptions if you like never do fully like attach um securely like you're kind of saying where it's just like you're attached in some ways securely but not like all the ways mm -hmm. and like feeling safe to communicate that with friends because one thing about friendship also is like you're not forced to deal with everything like in romance your lives are inexplicably tied yes yeah. but with friendship so much can be fixed from distance and coming back or time or um i don't know and sometimes like things in relationships that you wouldn't ever be able to let go like with your friends like especially with like um tensions uh, r like roommate problems you know how people always say in marriage like sometimes marriage roommate problems become like marriage problems or whatever like who's cleaning who's doing this yeah. yes and it's because there's so much like weighted on your relationship that all of those things become big resentments when in your room like roommate or friendship lives like those kinds of things can actually be let go like sometimes you're just like oh i am gonna let go of the fact that this person always leaves the cupboard open or whatever yeah and i i think it's also just like usually people have multiple friends yeah <laughs> but you traditionally yes, most of the time don't usually have one partner yes and so that's true. and then there's also like and there's also like there's so much to be talked about how like culturally 
we think that your partner should kind of fulfill all needs. Yes. Um, and yeah. like with friendships, we don't have that expectation. No, we're like, you, yeah, yeah, of course there's like, and you know, there are tensions for moments where your needs are not being met in that friendship and yeah. that's not okay. And you know, you have to talk it through or let that friendship go. Yeah. But in romance, it's like, you really do. You're like, yeah. it's expected. Like if you have a partner that they will fulfill all needs and like, you know, and then, it, it, especially that we're kind of built less on a community mindset. Yeah. It's like how it's like, oh, to raise children in like our capitalist society is like, you, it's family. nuclear family yeah. and it's just you and your husband against the world and yeah. like, and no one else. But really like to raise a child takes a village mm-hmm. and you need a support system and your parents around and the friends and all these things. And I think it's the same way with like, if you're, it can be it like you're saying like these isolated problems that like with people that you don't expect the world from there you're able to let them go but because you think your partner's supposed to be like every, responsive to yes. every single need it like grows into this huge like you leaving the cupboard open means you don't love, love me, me. yeah <laughs> so. and like it becomes a huge thing yeah so anyway you're slaying psychodynamic therapy yeah i'm ex- i i really recommend if you're like I really, like, we always say that the, the joke is, like, uh, men will, you ask men <laughs> if they've ever tried therapy, and they're like, yeah, once, and then it's like, oh, okay, so you, like, did a little few sessions. It's like, no, they literally went one they time. They went one time, they were like, this is my name, um, I don't really love my dad, uh. <laughs> and then that's it, and then they're like, well, I tried it, and it wasn't for me. <laughs> you went once, like, that's not how that works, or, like, also just, like, different, like, different forms of therapy, different types, different therapists, like, it's just, like, I really do believe therapy is beneficial for everyone and you just need to find the right type. And like, even I I feel like when I was first with my therapist, when I was like 15 and doing cognitive behavioral therapy, it was really helpful at the time, but eventually we hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And also just like that transition from like her seeing me as like a kid to now being an adult, it's hard to do that transition. Um, But now I'm, and so I'm really excited to try a new type of therapy and explore different sides of things so i don't know i really recommend if you feel like you're hitting a wall to like maybe get a new therapist or try a whole different kind of type of therapy yeah that's a good idea go to psychodynamic therapy or edmr i really 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 want to try edmr is that like the trauma one yes it's like trauma therapy um but the way edmr works is actually really interesting it's like um there's there was a lot of beliefs beliefs about it for a long time but what they've come to now or concluded now especially this is what andrew huberman talks about is um that the emotion of uh, moving your eyes side to side um actually shuts down your amygdala and the reason which is the fear center of your brain and the reason this happens is because um like traditionally anthropologically like if you're walking for example like a walk is calming because um you are looking like uh side to side at the trees at the buildings whatever it is so like that's why walks can be calming for people and that's why you need to keep your like head up walking to have that soothing effect um but the idea is that you relive traumatic memories so you have to recount them but while your eyes are moving side to side your amygdala is shut down so so it's just taking it out of a triggering place so you still have the memories you still have the information about it your body can still remember but it's just helping your body let go of the panic let go of the like 
Yeah, so yeah. it's just like taking it out of the fear center and into like a safe place. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's always like the interesting thing about like trauma therapy is that it really is like I feel like sometimes we like in every day we're like, oh, oh yeah, this traumatic thing happened to me and I just never talk about it. <laughs> and that's Literally. how I deal with it. I yeah. just never talk about it. Or if I do, I'll brief like make a joke about it and yeah. like try to deflect it and then yeah. like keep going on. But it's just like but like the whole point of like any kind of trauma therapy is that you are able to talk about it but eventually not be that emotional about it like you could talk you could tell the story and not like panic or cry or these type of things which is like crazy to think because it's like i think all of us have like our traumatic points in our lives and we you know don't bring them up that often and then it's like you know like if in therapy today like i'm like because we're going over like bad like specific periods in my life and i'm like it's so hard to tell the story without crying like you kind of can't and it's just interesting to think like you could get to a point where these stories you still feel them and you're still like that was really hard and that was painful and all these things but or but not they can't like overtake your emotional state and then like change your whole day yes but i think especially with men too i've heard that i know this man in um cognitive behavioral therapy like on my podcast man dax slay whatever but he he had told the story of like his trauma for years and years and years told it a billion times but he also was one of those men you know who didn't cry like was like i haven't cried in 12 years so it's true it's different with gender yeah yes like how those with us it's like oh we don't if i talk about it i'll just start crying but to get in like he was using cbt and for the first time ever like worked with his therapist on every detail of the story recounting and like that was um and he started crying and it's so weird because it's the biggest change i've listened to his podcast for five years and the biggest change is in the last episode i listened he cried four times and like for years and years and years he couldn't cry until he started working on this like it was weird that for him like it's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about but i think there's a truth to that like i think there's steps to it and the first step is to feel it all yeah like like, my therapist was like talking about like she was just like oh there's a lot of things that like you haven't like because no one was she was like i'm just here to witness your emotion because i think you haven't always been witnessed yes and like that the first part is to feel it and for someone to like because you can't get be over like, a you. traumatic situation if you tell the story and you're just like whatever this happened and then everyone's like oh he's fine like whatever yeah, yeah, you yeah, need yeah. someone to be like i saw that that wasn't okay yeah and i'm so sorry you experienced that and you feel that pain and because you can't just go immediately to so i feel like the first step and it like sucks that like men get that like it's a longer process but even us like even if you're like oh yeah we go right to crying but even us do a repression because we just choose not to talk about it yeah like there's so many things that i haven't talked about in years because i'm just like well i i'm better when i don't talk about this you know like that's like a yeah so everyone has that step but yeah it's weird sometimes too the things that you can't even say to your therapist the things you can't say to yourself the things you can't even write down in your journal like those blocks when you're like this is repressed so hard that it's like i can't even tell this piece of paper no yeah Yeah, you know you're like i could go down this rabbit hole but do i want to i'm just gonna feel awful because it's like the it, it sucks that the first because sometimes I think people think you only say things if afterwards there's going to be a relief. But it's, like, often saying, like, traumatic things, there isn't a relief after. It's actually p- 
painful. Yes. The only relief I found with journaling is those memories you hold on to when you feel like you have to prove that this happened, this is true, this, like, that feeling of proving. But now you have documentation so you can let them go. Yes, I heard that. It was just, like, you you won't have to go over all the ten points you're arguing if you write it down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Well... Away from trauma. Wait, one last thing I wanted. (laughs) I feel like a lot of this is prevalent because denial is such a huge part of how families keep moving about how they keep going, like, on. So, like, not witnessing your emotions is, like, tied up to that denial. And, like, the denial around you becomes the denial, like, within you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think every family, if if you want to seem like you're a good family, have to deny everything that's... Or, like, not talk about the parts that were really awful yes no totally this is the but we are going to read the body keeps the score yes and so we'll have a more in-depth episode on trauma and i'm excited we love trauma we love trauma (laughs) but moving on to social media etiquette um (laughs) we're like trauma instagram Instagram. so fun um i feel like me and zoe use instagram really differently okay um i think we're both very active we're active you know we're not i'm always amazed like you know like rebecca like she will post maybe once a year yes and i'm like what do you mean i just am constantly thinking about content like it's just like it, I'm, I'm wondering like what could I have done if I wasn't thinking about things to post do you know what I mean yeah I'm just like but it's also so fun like yeah. I love it and it's also like um I mean I was I was talking to Ava and I was just like oh sometimes I like have to post every day or I feel like people are gonna forget me if I don't post and I'm like showing people I'm alive I'm here and Ava was like yeah they would <laughs> and and I uh- and she was like but it's not it's like an Ava thing. no but it, she was right because she was just like well that's for everyone like yeah. the minute people like stop being and it's true like the amount of people I've forgotten about because they used to post all the time and then they stopped and all this stuff and it, I mean yeah. your close friends obviously know yeah, like, yeah. your friend friends like they're You're not like I've read by Rebecca no. no but I'm just saying like it's a truth that like people like you you know it is an attention economy of like you kind of do have to like actively participate all the time or else people are going to forget about you and and it's not like but you can't internalize that and make it an insecurity thing because people forget about everyone we're like we're all just people um and so i i i love that yeah i was like this is such an eva thing she was like yeah that's true (laughs) i feel like i have such a big one of the biggest like my gripes of life like it's like you can tell i'm triggered when i talk about this and other people are like chill about it but it's genuinely people who think uh, their superiority and not posting and not 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 actively in, participating in, in social media yes like uh yeah conscientious objectors <laughs> I, yes i really do believe they um have a sense of superiority yeah because they think that social media is like frivolous and yes. like a uh, waste of time and like if you're putting so much energy and superficial and like superficial there's this view and it's like but I think it's more superficial to post less frequently. Well, it's just that know. those people are as... Active. I think it's, like, the the, the, the the false sense in that is that they're not active in this attention economy. They're not taking part. They're, like, I barely... But you actually, if you, like, spend a day with those people and observe them, the amount of times they're actually it's scrolling through content, yeah. seeing everything... like. It's just not true, like, unless they truly don't. And even that, I've seen people, like, 
I remember my ex like didn't have Instagram, but then he was like obsessed with Reddit. Like we always will find even the people who like are actively or like people are always like, oh yeah, I don't have TikTok. Like I'll never do that because yeah. that's like you know it's just like it's not good for my brain. But then they're like obsessed with reels, yeah, and I'm like, it's the same. We thing. all find ways. Like I mean, mm-hmm. it's like the algorithms designed to keep you paying attention. Yes. So you can't be like I'm superior. And it's also just like I. It feels a lot more meaningful for me to be on social like I love to post and then like people like interact with it and then I'll have these conversations or like it's just like participating and creating something while being on the app is one of the best parts of it than just always observing yes no it's almost worse to be on that observing and we were saying I remember talking to you about this once it's like I see you watch my story every hour I know you're on it as much as me but I think it's there's also this belief that like this um like idealization of privacy yeah which and to me i'm just like i have in moments kept my life private and i understand what you're like i don't know there are times when you're like posting less you're like oh yeah it's leaning into this privacy for protection but i also think that being uh, putting your life in the public you're thinking oh it's this attention seeking this whatever i always think it's so much like honest it's more honest and it's so much braver to put your life out for consumption than to keep it to yourself so that's sometimes when I wonder why people idealize privacy I'm like I can understand why it feels good like but it's like almost seeing yourself as like you said the superiority complex of like when I'm sharing things I'm not sharing things because I think I'm special I'm sharing things because I know I'm just like like you you. and it's like a connecting point of like I think it's cute. Like we all want when we listen to our to a song and we really like it. Our first instinct is, oh, I want to share the song and for other people to listen to it and yes. love it as much as I do. And yeah. I want to talk to the people who like this as much as I do because yes. we have something in common. Like it comes from kind of this pure place of yes. like I want to like when I'm posting, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to be like look how cool and uh, yeah. miss like I'm different. It's like. No, it's like the best parts are when you're posting something and it's like something little funny and everyone's like, me too. Yes. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like if you're like keeping your life private, you think you have these secrets that are so crazy. But like the more you talk to people, you're like, again, with like this idea of trauma or thing, it's like everyone has terrible things happen to them. Everyone's like, it's just like you're so much more similar to people than you are different from people. Yes. No, and I think when I, one of my favorite things about Esme's Instagram is that you kind of post, especially with music the most, I think, and sometimes memes, in an almost, like, teenage way that reminds me of, like, um, <laughs> in, like, it, like, sometimes Esme will subtweet. Like, I know someone will, like, have, like, ghosted her, for example, or whatever, and she's, like, posting a meme that's, like, I am nothing but I want a toaster and to move to the city or whatever. It's <laughs> like, yes, okay, Esme, subtweet him. <laughs> I think I can communicate so much with a story. No, I know, but it's like, I believe the same thing, but you learn those, like, you know how people will always tell you, like, after they'll be like, don't post the song, girl, after the breakup or whatever, but you're posting the song. When I was there for my breakup, I literally was like, heartbroken girly. Like, <laughs> My story was, like, only heartbreak songs, and I was, like, so I really leaned into it. Yeah! I was kind of into it, because I, I you you're saying the teenage girl thing, like, yeah. I think, like, 
social media as like a teenage girl is just like such a safe haven of like creating your own universe like yeah. you're only gonna follow people that you love yes. and like and like like tumblr or like pinterest oh and like God. curating this like teenage girl dream world yeah and put all your rage and sadness and all these emotion and like make this picturesque like i don't know it's just like it's like a way of like i feel like uh social media like i hate people who are trying so hard to come off as cool and i've like given up on that for so long where i'm just trying to like curate a world a universe my little universe and like what's me and like be honest with it and like have moments of like in like a teenage diary where you're like i hate everything and i hate him and then you're like the world's so beautiful today and then you're like giggle giggle and like i just like to have that range and be honest with it i mean honestly most of my subtweets are on the too much pod um uh, Instagram story, which like no men really follow. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> like, like it's like none of the men that I'm subtweeting really follow it, so it's okay. It's free, but I do yeah. with music a lot. Like yeah. the, and, uh, I love to do like a lyric, post a lyric, <laughs> and it's so specific. And it's like this is for you, babe. No, I love that drama, but I also used Instagram to curate like a persona too. Like I understand what people mean when it's fake. Like I have been there I've done that but also it's just like I I think what's like sometimes people will bring it up if they are brave enough to scroll through my 200 posts or whatever but like I don't delete them because I'm just like I think that's kind of badass too to be like yeah this is who I pretended to be this is who I am still don't know like I think that's what's kind of cool about Instagram too is like I don't know people who delete all those posts like I was following Lana Rhodes because I just listened to her on High Low, like Emrata's podcast. Who's Lana Rhodes? Oh my god, this is iconic. She's um she was known for doing porn, but she um was an influencer. She dated one of like Logan Paul's friends, like um, but she just like she used to have this like narr- she also just had a baby, like she's just like one of those girls but she had so much trauma and I listened to it on the podcast and it was just like trauma on trauma on trauma (laughs) and like um she talked she used to say like I always knew since I was a little girl I was gonna do porn but like then which is true but it like when you heard her trauma story you're like okay this makes sense imagine (laughs) anyway but she has like eight posts at all times and it'll always be like whatever her new look is and I just I will people who delete all their posts all of a sudden and then have like zero posts and it's like no like that's why i'm thinking like in my head my instagram would be more curated more of a lie if i didn't include the photos from grade 10 yeah you know yeah i think it's like a well i it's also giving to the superior complex of like oh past me that's nothing like now it's just current me and like this idea that like you can erase your past, which yes, you cannot. You can't. You are, and also that you think you're changing that. Like, are you really? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Of course, the you noticed a change. You're like, okay, these are completely different styles to me. But like, you really like, there's an essence of who you are that continues. Yes, like, that's no, not. Totally. Like, I I don't know. I I also have I have some archive posts, but most are up. But I went through a phase like. When I, for one year, deleted Instagram, I, when I came back, I archived all my posts and I restarted from there. And then at one point I was like, this feels stupid. And then I unarchived a bunch, but not all of them. Because I used to post a lot. Like, (laughs) I still post a lot. But as a teenager, like, in (laughs) high school, like, I would post, like, 
and you couldn't do um, photo dumps. So sometimes I'd post like three pictures at once, separate posts kind of vibe. Like I was really out there and I posted the weirdest things. Like I'd post a picture of my feet and write hashtag foot. Like, you know, hashtag like, foot. Like this was like, I was really, we, we have different vibes on our Instagram. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I remember once I literally was about to text my friend on DM um, this photo because you know, when you're like 10 or whatever, I don't even remember what age, but like at gymnastics, we were like, let's use Nair on our legs like we were like let's nair our legs you know you're like okay. leg air moment i've so, never used nair on my legs <laughs> i'm scared it's like a chemical it's really chill as long as you follow exactly the directions okay it's nice um also calamine lotion will fix if you burn yourself a little with the chemical it's chill it's really do you still sometimes use nair never but <laughs> i would i mean honestly i forgot about it <laughs> but um no, so I'm about to send it to her, but I literally was, like, sending her this DM, and it was, like, hashtag nearing my legs right now, and I accidentally posted it in middle school, and I deleted it right away, but it had one like, and I was, like, I'm literally so embarrassed right now. I remember going down a spiral being, like, nearing my legs right now, and I'll never forget the trauma of that post. Really? Yeah. But now you would post that, and would. <laughs> I'd be, like, nearing my legs right now. Yeah, like, that would be content. Yes. It's so funny. I don't know. It's it also crazy, like, that Instagram stories didn't exist at first. Like, we would just yeah. post on Instagram. And I remember I would have Snapchat. And yes. I would post on... Because Snapchat, like, basically had stories. Yes, and that's yeah. where I would I post all the time. Yeah, I don't have Snapchat I anymore. anymore. I deleted it once I graduated high school. I was yeah, like, me there's too. no need me for too. this. There's no need. I'm you gotta th- let it go. You know, I'm not in high school anymore. Yeah, it's great if you're in high school. I can't believe I know people who still have Snapchat. I know. It's insane. Get off Snapchat. Anyway, we were thinking about... Um, I don't know if we, like... I don't know. But, like, we were talking about kind of, um, like, political activism, and there's, like, um, right now with, like, what's happening in Palestine, there's conversations about posting for the sake of posting without any action behind that, because I remember, like, of course, back in the pandemic, the beginning of um, when Black Lives Matter came into, like, public kind of consciousness it was like do not post if you're not backing it up with action mm-hmm. and now there are like i've seen four different kinds of posts that are like wait what remember the black square what was that oh my god <laughs> i know this one bitch from like who's in my brother's grade who posted the black square three years ago and hasn't posted since like it's the only thing on her instagram <laughs> yeah no no like a full instagram feed black square and then she found out it was bad vibes and didn't post for three years <laughs> oh my god yeah that's crazy did you post the black square no no <laughs> i wasn't that dumb <laughs> it was so funny i was yeah. like what the fuck is happening uh, 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 no. um no i I think it's, hard. like, with the Black Lives Matter movement and, like, people posting a bunch during that time, I feel like in, like, you know, in Montreal and, like, the liberal bubble of Montreal, it was, like, pretty clear, like, what take to have. Like, everyone was posting the same thing. Yeah, and, yeah. and it was not, and you weren't receiving hate if you were posting, like, yes. something. Like, it was just, like, yeah, yeah, show you're a good person. You went to the protest, all these things. Yeah. Like, it was, everyone was kind of on the same page. And yes, the, I was the, talking about this at work, that now it's not. But then we're now yeah. it, with, like, Israel-Palestine, it's, like, posting 
is like a little more like that's why because i hadn't posted anything and like obviously i'm like free palestine yeah all these things but i was also my mindset of it was just like oh i'm not the person who's the most educated on this topic what am i gonna add to the conversation and also and like it's no matter what it's performative if we posted that thing like it's still performative yes it's it's a hard because it's just like this is actually such a terrifying awful thing that's currently happening yes but like we're and we're worried about like should i post or not and that's just like really shows where we're at in the world (laughs) and it's just like a a a kind of awful like uh, us talking about it right now we're not talking really about the conflict because that is a much different much more serious much more terrifying real thing but i don't know if you guys would be interested like we could talk to someone who knows more like i don't know (laughs) but but this is like you want to hear us but there is also this whole conflict of like are celebrities really supposed to like oh my god i'm calling us celebrities (laughs) (laughs) i thought you were talking about real celebrities no i'm talking about real celebrities but i didn't it sounds like i was calling us celebrities we are not celebrities but i meant like should like celebrities and influencers really be the people who are like educating people on politics like it's true it's just like we aren't the ones who have the takes on no if we were a political but podcast also, or had like a more of an educated background on it but it's just like but i also think it's about learning like the most i learned during that time was like when podcasters would be like okay kind of interlude like let's get two experts on to help tell all these people obviously we don't have the kind of <laughs> listenership they do which makes sense why like we wouldn't but it does make sense to like learn with an audience like it's not like we're the ones providing takes like if we were to learn from someone yeah. to come you know yeah i get that like the reason why it's just like people they do have a bigger platform like like yeah. taylor swift has a bigger platform than like some other joe Schmo. like like some academic who has knowledge on the exactly conflict. yeah and they're for an uh, uh, taylor swift will never post about <laughs> israel palestine ever oh that would be hilarious i, I know i if she does like i'm having a baby <laughs> But she never will. So, but I think I also don't think it's frivolous to talk about the like that kind of posting as a part of posting economy because it is just a signal that it's like virtue. Like I am good. Here you go. I've done nothing but just made this opinion public but i feel like that's where it's like this conflict is a little different than like in the black lives matter when it felt so simple like let me just like obviously i'm on this side i have this take especially in like montreal liberal bubble like i'm saying for different parts of the states perhaps there was more at stake and different conflicting views you were seeing but it but like with this one it's like I think why people are like panicked or something and like it's like to post something will bring conflict no matter what it's like regardless of what side you are like showing support towards like you're going to get hate but I felt that way with I don't know if it was with like Black Lives Matter I did know people from high school from camp from whatever who were just like no and like I yeah. Oh, okay. I did not see that. No. That's crazy. Yes. I was consuming those things. Um, you had people from high school that were like against it. Genuinely. But they would, you know, those people who frame it as just like, I go against the grain. I'm a thinker who does this, this, that. Oh my God. Yeah. All, all men, obviously. All yes, white yeah, men. That makes like, sense. Only white men. Let's be clear. No, I didn't know a single, not even crazy white women are posting that. Yeah. No. It's only incels. It's crazy, but I feel like now, and, and then people are like, oh, "Oh my god, I want to be good, but how do I be good?" 
it it becomes and it's also like one of those moments where it's just like weird because then people are like okay like I can't post normal things because everyone's talking about this really serious thing and then it's just like all this like and it becomes weird but like like we're saying like it's not stupid to talk about the conversation of posting because so much of like people in like uh like a western set like in montreal like if you're like obviously there are people like who are truly really deeply affected by this because they they have family involved or like you know it's just like it is an awful thing to hear about yeah but like i feel like that like the fact that we're consumed by the idea of like how do i go about this with social media yeah and like that becomes because there is like truth that social activism can do great strides on social media and like the fact that like people are sharing like places to donate and like that is actively bringing things like yes. taking steps but it's just like it's still and and also it's just like because not everyone reads the news every day anymore like one of the main ways we get information is just seeing people post about it yeah and then you're like consuming it but it's just like it's it is a weird like what is the place for that because no matter what it's flawed mm-hmm. and it's like and it's so high intense emotion yeah. when it's being posted about and it's like hard to get a clear image of what's yeah. happening. Neither of us have posted anything, but I feel like that's the thing and I I, I was feel at- like it would just be wasting people's time and signaling that I'm a good person. Like I just don't like I'm annoyed when I see that from others. Your friends. Yeah. Well, it's just like I'm like I I I'm not annoyed when I'm like okay this is a person who constantly posts about yeah issues. yeah yeah like, they're no kind of like yeah. their presence online is that they like yes, yeah. post about these yeah. type of things and they're always talking about but it's like I never post like any kind of social activism stuff on yeah. my Instagram story that it would look out of place for like what like it would seem like oh suddenly I'm like oh no if I don't do this it'll be bad and yes. then I'm doing it but it's like you know it's like if you if i'm like the people who are like that's part kind of what they do and i like i know there's certain people i follow who i'm like oh they're a good source if i want to yeah yeah because they're always posting stuff they're always posting resources they're always like kind of on top of like issues that matter like you know because before like it more locally i feel like there's been so much talk about like the trans youth rights in canada and like the, the, and the yeah. counter protests and like everyone you know was like starting to post about that and like yeah. trying to get raise awareness about that and it and it's hard because it's like i do feel that bad thing of like oh should i be raising awareness yes yeah. and taking part in that and it's like also- is it laziness on my part to not put that effort and start raising awareness or or again like would it be but then it's also just coming from this virtue signaling place it's just like it's do i really if i had if we had a larger audience like if we had over like i would say like 10k people who listened to us or followed us then i would feel the obligation to to use that to use that and like talk about it and give the things but i'm like i don't have enough followers and most people that that i don't really feel like i could do an impact in that way yes but it is a weird thing of like yeah. what what is my role on social yeah. media to do this like it's also strange like I had that feeling when I saw like I, I don't know people are posting about that um, abuser who just went to jail people are also posting about like um, tuition hikes and those kinds of things and the anti-trans march and it's just like things that seem more local and even though there are ways institutionally that are local institutions like Miguel or Concordia or whatever they're they are like um contributing to that like colonial occupation but because that's like 
I don't know. It, it's um, a part of like so many different like institutional chains to just like mantle. And those other three like kind of local quote unquote issues I mentioned before feel like you can attack them here and like fix them here. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like there's that mo- greater sense of hope. And then I'm like a part of me was like, oh, like I had this weird feeling when I saw some uh, like for I can't even remember which one of those things, but it was just like, oh, go to this march. And I was like oh, I want people to go to that. Like, maybe I should repost it. But then it's like, do I care enough about, like, the right thing? It's just, like, thinking about proximity and, like, which issues are... Yeah, I had the same thing because, I, like, I was like, oh, I should post a trans rights yeah. mark. Like, it, it's, like, all these... But, you're, again, it's, like, it's weird if you aren't political on Instagram to then start... Like, it would be an active choice. Because I'm like, if I'm going to start doing this, I have to start doing it with all more like i have to it has to be a consistent thing and i can't just pick what i randomly choose to care about yeah and like but i think and and i think you know more people i know are more natural and it's weird because i'm someone who posts so much so you'd think i would post like maybe these type of things but i i don't because i my mindset so much is like oh i'm not the person to get your info from like do i really have that much to add to this conversation that's like useful and productive um like i'm more of a listener in this at this point but at the same time i'm like maybe it's also just because they're not issues that always like directly impact me so i can choose like i have i have that privilege to kind of not put all this energy into it and like that's also like you know a whole debate and i feel like I don't know I, I feel like and you know it's so funny like the talks of like social media being superficial but like like we were saying like even people who are never posting are on like we're on social media all day yeah. and and if you don't admit to it like you just like don't realize it and then yeah. you see that you're like literally like we all see each other's stories in the span of an hour like yeah. we're checking we're constantly on like that's just kind of we can't deny how much impact it has on us like yes. it has a huge impact it's not superficial it's like people are not using social media just to post selfies and things like we're literally like you know, there's so many issues being discussed on social media, and the way that world issues are framed through our social media, like, yes. and it's like it, it does play an impact, and it, it it does spread how you are going to interact with something that's affecting, like, and it's weird to be like, it. So many things play out because it becomes personal, like the identity of like posting about an issue becomes an identity thing, like a personal that you're like telling everyone who you are. Yes, and it becomes like i don't know it all gets tied together yes but it's also there's been debate online because there's so many people who are like oh it's so stressful right now online since everyone's discussing you know the israel palestine conflict and like all this stuff and you know and people are like i'm gonna log off for a few days and take space and then people are mad and be like you can't do that why are you like like this is stressful to you you're not even like really that directly impacted by it like all these stuff and like choosing i know but it's crazy that we we just like go after each other when like we're not the yeah yeah, everyone's getting mad at one another and like it's just like because we're we're, that's what's so frustrating about the virtue signaling it's just like so that no the purpose i can see so many people doing it for the purpose of not getting in trouble and it's like if your goal is to not get in trouble you're you shouldn't be you shouldn't be posting that you know yeah yeah i think it's like a if it's not really about but it, it, it is true that it becomes like a 
thing like we, we're get it's almost like a tactic to distract us from like real issues to make us just like fight with one another as if it's a personal thing yeah and it's like no yeah <laughs> this is so much bigger than yeah. you two fighting and so yeah and this conversation isn't really about like like it's become clear we're both free palestine it's just like the um and we both believe it's like a genocide. Yes, <laughs> yeah. we do things and yes, then yeah, put them yeah. on the social media landscape. And how do they morph? And yeah, how do we re- relate to them? They turn into something that it, you don't diff- really well, it's almost like they become this like this other this symbol. symbol of yeah. something else, and it, it, it's like a social status thing, and it it morphs and it it's just like a weird I don't know, and and it and you know I think about it. And I, social media isn't always the most, like, intelligent way. Yeah. It is sometimes just chaos and constant simula- yeah. uh, stimula- uh, stimulation. And I feel like that's why, I don't know, when we talked about it, we were like, we want to, like, podcast about it. Because anyone who's willing to listen to someone for more than 20 minutes talk, like, actually is curious about, like, <laughs> the nuance. So when, like, my random poll friend posts, like, if you're not posting you're the problem and it's like am i really the problem (laughs) you know what's happening (laughs) like i don't know i don't know but listen to a podcast like yeah i'm sure there are experts now on tons of podcasts talking about it yeah and i think it and i i feel like it is such a weird because it like i i feel like the history behind israel palestine isn't always as commonly talked about and so everyone's just like learning about it actively yeah or like maybe they had an idea of it or some people are fully educated on it and know it but like some people are just learning about it actively and then just like immediately spewing out their opinions and i'm just like it sounds like you just heard that and then and it's just like i'm like this is why i'm not post like i I don't know enough to talk about this and it's just like a it's like a weird and it, it's just all reactivity like we're yeah. all react and like i said i think it is a distraction method from like because real people in power like if we're all fighting each yeah. other we can't actually keep them accountable yeah and like this is just like the i don't yeah. know it's just like a, a a tactic of it's like it's hard to decide if social media is a great tool for so, yes. uh, for social activism and like making progress because Individual it does people do have power yeah and it reaches so many people you can talk about an issue it is how i find out about everything it's like how i find out about place, where to give my money you know like yeah you do find out so much for social media it does connect so many people all at once and it does make it like that you can find out about what's happening in israel palestine in montreal like so quickly mm-hmm. but it's also like i don't know or is it also just like we're putting so much energy into social media that it's like we're being we're all just being distracted mm-hmm. from and like it's like a tool to keep us distracted yeah and like that's like a always like where you're like in the attention economy it's like where are you putting your attention your attention yeah. is worth so much yeah absolutely. and like that's like the 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 crazy thing is like yes. actively where you put your energy and uh, to like it's translates into value. real capital yeah. yeah and so it, it it's like a you know it's that's why it's hard in moments like this because you really have to pay attention to what you are consuming what you are seeing yes. and like how and how you're being distracted because we're designed to be in a world that's keeping us constantly distracted yes it's also true that there's no like all knowing voice who like. I don't know, completely understands. Like, even Esme and I are right now in, like, an anti-colonialism class, and it's not like, like, he has 
opinions. This is what he studies for a living. Mm-hmm. But it's like, um, and like almost everything, I'm like, I agree, genius, whatever. But there are just like, it's not like anyone can know like everything. No, and that it's, I, I mean, it's its always going to have nuances, yeah. and it's not going to be simple. Yeah. Iconic. Okay. <laughs> I'm Zoe. And I'm Esme. And, and we're, we're too much. Ooh, good enough to get back to, bad enough to bail again. Been too much that you can't chew, but you're going to tell your friends. I, I'm too much. I, too much. I, I'm too much. You're too much.